exactly how much of your our money are the illegal aliens getting you will be amazed at the number christians are under attack again no surprise there and people who are wishing for the old days who don't realize they're wishing for the old days <laughs> yeah all that and more coming up welcome to the jay sheldon show for friday happy friday morning we are off to the races we got a lot going on today and a lot more to talk about too i've got a big list in there all the stuff we talk about is in our show notes just a couple of bits of uh, house cleaning right down there is a follow button if you wouldn't mind clicking that it really helps the show out and it's free for you costs you nothing but it does go a long way to helping out the show and we do appreciate that all right also, don't forget, today is the last day for your Trump mugshot t-shirts. They are available in our merchandise store, limited edition. Our graphic design artist did a great job of taking the mugshot and kind of getting it a little artsy and putting it on a t-shirt. So that is available, but this is it. If you don't order it today, you're done, gone. In fact, if you're watching the replay of our show, it may already be gone, so... Check it out. It's in our merchandise. All right. And finally, we do have to tell you about one of our great sponsors. And probably, I don't want to, you know, seem a little biased, but our greatest sponsor, <laughs> Blackout Coffee. Our dear friends at Blackout Coffee. Folks, I am a coffee addict. I drink coffee all day long. I have a cup right now, right here in my Jay Sheldon Show mug. And this is Blackout Coffee, the most incredible coffee you have ever tasted, I promise you. Hey, TGIF Ground Zero, Hal 9000, hello and welcome in. Nice to have you along for the ride. All right, have you tried your Blackout Coffee yet, Hal 9000? You really have to. Blackout Coffee was founded on our principles, conservative values. The founder of this company believes in hard work, personal responsibility, family, respect, original American values. This small batch, fresh roasted coffee, all done in-house. They source premium specialty grade green coffee beans grown at the perfect altitude, correct time of year in the best soil, and then harvested at just the peak right time. They work with local co-ops and American farmers that grow this high quality coffee. I have a strict adherence to a small batch roasting process for their coffee. When you order, it is roasted, packed, and shipped lightning speed usually 24 to 48 hours from the time you order so give it another few days for delivery and it's at your door less than a week from the time it was roasted that is fresh roasted coffee folks the only way to get it any fresher would be to roast it yourself and you don't want to do that this stuff is amazing the company believes the owner of the company believes in two things making the most amazing coffee and american values and what better way to support a company that believes in the things we believe in than picking up a bag of beans. Just get one bag. That's all you got to do. You don't have to order a big giant bunch and uh, get one bag. Try it out. You'll be amazed. Use our link for an incredible deal on this amazing coffee. And at checkout, use the promo code J20. J20. It's right there on the screen. J-A-Y-20 for 20% off your first order. That is a deal. 20% is a lot of money, folks. 20% off your first order by using the promo code J20, J-A-Y-20, at checkout. Blackout Coffee, 
We love these guys to death. They've got all kinds of different blends, all kinds of brews. Yes, there's a decaf. They've got flavored coffee there and all kinds of great stuff. Uh, wow, okay. <laughs> there we go. Videos on the website, too. You can check it out. Go to the link in our show notes and find out more. And order yourself just a single bag. That's all you need. Just one bag, and you will be amazed. Will do. J yes, J20. That is the discount code for 20% off your first order. Now, and you know, it's not expensive either. It really is not some expensive highfalutin coffee. This is an American company. This is a get down and dirty, do it the right way kind of group of guys who uh, and gals who really do an amazing job over there at Blackout Coffee. All right. <clears throat> Check them out, please. It also helps support the show. So we really do appreciate that. <clears throat> and you're getting a great coffee for your troubles. <clears throat> Are you ready? 2200 bucks, And that's not all outrageous from the gateway pundit border patrol agent has revealed that the biden regime gives twenty two hundred dollars of your money per illegal alien family plus that's not all that's it's not just twenty two hundred bucks cash here you go have some money some people don't make that a month a plane ticket, housing, food, free medical services. Look at this. This is just, I mean, you've seen the, the shots. Tens of thousands of illegals coming across the border. When you see those shots, stick a little sign above their head that says 2200 bucks. In a shocking revelation, Todd Benzman, Center's Texas-based senior national security fellow, reported that the Biden regime is allocating 2200 a month, a month, to illegal immigrant families, which is, uh, it would have to be at least one parent and one child to be considered a family, through phony asylum and the cost of living exp expensive. That comes out at a time when the average, yeah, yeah, listen to this, the average American on Social Security gets about 1400 a month. Maui survivors, 700 bucks one-time payment. Oh, yeah, but you come across this border illegally. Here you go, 2,200 bucks. Have a nice day. And we'll give you that some more next month, too. Apparently, these illegal aliens may not be subjected to asylum interviews. They're not doing it anymore. They just come across, release them into the U.S. There's an anonymous Border Patrol agent who said illegal immigrants are double-dipping the system. One parent and one child gets $2,200 a month. <clears throat> so, let's say you got mom, dad, and a couple of kids. Yeah, you figured it out already, didn't you? That was easy. So, mom and one of the kids crosses. $2,200. Ka-ching! Dad and one of the kids crosses. Ka-ching! $2,200. Now you're up to 4400 a month. Unbelievable. According to a video interview, there are double dipping. 4400 a month, some immigrant families, a figure that way exceeds what working, a lot of working Americans average. Insane. There is a link in our show notes 
right under the link, list of all the stuff we're going to talk about tonight. And that has, it's, it's a link that takes you to a government site. And that government site, you put in your zip code, something like that, and you can find out who represents you if you don't know. I'm thinking probably most of our audience is aware enough that they do know who represents them. Just in case, find out your representative, your senator, your congressman. Write to them, email them, call them, smoke signals, whatever it's going to take. Let them know this has to stop and you vote. And if they don't do something about it, you won't be voting for them. And along the same lines, all of these illegal immigrants that are invading the country, a lot of them headed to sanctuary cities. You remember a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, when all the leftist weirdos were all so proud to say, yes, we are a sanctuary city. Bring us your tired, your poor, your illegals. You are welcome here. Come in. Now, mm, not so much. Protests have been erupting all over the place in blue cities over illegal immigrants as leftists sow a reap what they sow. Oh my, yeah, look at this. These look like very typical leftist Democrat voters. And she's got her face like, oh my. Suffer. Meltdown in blue cities over the busing of illegal immigrants continues and it's causing Democrats some very serious problems, which is good because it's your fault. What the media inaccurately calls the migrant crisis, these are people who have lawfully, unlawfully crossed into the U.S., not migrants, battering so-called sanctuary cities like New York and L.A., Imagine how people in Texas and Arizona feel. El Paso, Yuma, Eagle Pass. Texas sent their 12th bus full of illegals to Los Angeles Monday. 23 men, 20 women, and 21 children. So what is that? 43, 63, 64 people. And LA is going... We can't take it. We can't house anymore. It's going to cost us millions. We have no federal assistance. How are we going to deal with this 64 people? How do you think the people in Arizona, Texas, are feeling when they have tens of thousands of people crossing their border every day? You know, as a matter of fact, I'm going to do this live right now. Hang on. Average illegals crossing daily. This is probably going to give me absolute crap. Uh, let's see. Okay. New York Times. Mm. Well, here's one from CNN. Just so we use a liberal leftist whack job uh, website. Look at this. Nearly 6,000 illegals apprehended daily at the U.S.-Mexico border in April. 
6,000 every day. And LA is whining and complaining and screaming because they got 64. Oh, man. Same thing happened in the 1980s? Really? I'm not sure about which, from what you speak, but uh, if you say so. Um, I don't recall that, but uh, the, <clears throat> the 80s to me were a kind of a blur, if you know what I mean. So, <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's all going to be solved anyway, because, you know, when Agenda 2030 comes by and the population is reduced by, you know, 80 percent so we can save the planet because Klaus Schwab gets his way in the U.N. Oh, by the way, did you see? That's a really horrible segue, but, you know, got to do what you got to do. Pepe Deluxe over on X posted this. United Nations announces that Klaus Schwab, the Nazi of the World Economic Forum and UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres have signed an agreement to accelerate Agenda 2030. Listen. This afternoon, the Secretary General and Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, will, sign a, will witness the signing of a memorandum of understanding on a strategic partnership between the UN and the World Economic Forum, which outlines areas of cooperation to deepen engagement between the two institutions and to jointly accelerate the implementation of the 2030 Agenda. Uh-huh. There you go. Unelected people, unelected groups, who are going to have complete and total control over you and me if we don't do something and stop it. They're signing, they've signed an agreement. World Economic Forum and the United Nations. Wow. Uh, Hal 9000, as a Hispanic Native American, our families have been here since the Stone Ages. I never liked open border mandates way back in the 1970s. Do it right. You are a Hispanic Native American. That's so cool. I love that. You know, I never thought about that. I mean, you think about Native Americans, of course, but you don't think that, of course, there would be, of course, there would be Hispanic Native Americans. Why had I never thought of that? I'm a bigot. No, I'm not. I'm a racist. Absolutely not. I don't know why I never thought of it before, but thank you for opening my eyes to that or reminding me that, that it exists. Huh. Wow. Yeah, so enjoy your time all you can because once Klaus Schwab and the UN gets through mucking around with everything, nothing will ever be the same. DOJ prosecutors, you know Owen Schroyer, you know that name he's, uh, he is or used to be at least, I think still is with Infowars. Check this out. Now they're going after the media. I know, you might argue that Infowars may not be media, but, you know, he's been right a lot. Prosecutors seeking 120 days in prison for Owen Schroyer, and here's his crime. He spoke out against the stolen 2020 election, a speech crime. There's Owen Schroyer. He pled guilty in June to a single Class A misdemeanor of entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds. 
The journalist initially charged in August 2021, eight months after remaining outside the U.S. Capitol January 6th. Wow. Unbelievable. 120 days. It just keeps going. They just keep nailing our asses to the wall until you all stand up and start saying, no, it ain't going to happen. Stop it. Kit Carson, says Hal9000 in the chat, was my great-great-uncle. Really? Wow. That is cool. Yes, I have some white blood in me, and I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so while we're doing a small, short little mini segment on, hey, I'm related to these guys, um, you know that playwright Eugene O'Neill, Death of a Salesman, all those wonderful plays? He is my great uncle. Only, only one time removed. He's my great uncle, um, Eugene O'Neill. And consequently, I have to lay this out because it's only by marriage. It's not by blood. But Eugene O'Neill and his wife... Uh, their daughter married Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, Una. So by marriage, Charlie would be my second cousin. I know, it's weird, huh? It's not by blood, it's by marriage. But still, pretty cool. Kit Carson. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Hey, are you Christian? Well, you don't have to be Christian. In fact, I'm not Christian. But they're going after you again. It never stops. I keep finding these stories. Georgia's largest hospital system has scrapped Christmas Eve from their paid holiday calendar. Gone. Just no more paid holiday for Christmas Eve. You know, Christmas is such a huge holiday, one of the biggest of the year, whether or not you're Christian, for a lot of people. Um, even here, uh, we celebrate Christmas in a big way. But um, <laughs> the day before, Christmas Eve, it's always so much excitement. No work gets done. Even here in the offices, no work gets done Christmas Eve. Have a big party, have some drinks, play some cards, and then go home. So, you know, making it a paid holiday, yes, why not? Well, not for Georgia's largest hospital system. And in addition, they've added Juneteenth to ensure equitable outcomes for all. Hang on. You're going to take away a Christian pre-holiday, to be fair. You're going to take that off. But you're going to add Juneteenth. Let me see. Uh, nope, that's not equitable. Hospital, let's see, Emory Healthcare, the largest hospital system in Georgia. This, by the way, will impact 24,000 employers, employees. Controversial zero-sum swap reportedly an attempt to support diverse communities and ensure equitable outcomes. The system uh, includes 11 hospitals, 250 provider locations, doesn't appear to have done anything substantive for workers by virtue of the change. Uh, Atlanta First News reported 
employees were let down by what some had anticipated to be an exciting announcement. I think in general, everybody at Emory right now is pretty frustrated, said one healthcare provider. You can't replace one for the other. It is completely inappropriate. It's essentially putting a pitting a Christian holiday against something that's meant to be celebratory for everyone, but specifically for our black colleagues. But there you go. So if you need health care, you know now where not to go if you are in Georgia. That would be Emory Healthcare. We need to Bud Light another guy, group of folks. Let's Bud Light these suckers. Show them what it means to screw with us, F-A-F-O. Yep. All right, Epic Times, video games. I was going to say, are your kids playing them? But I realize now that while, yes, a lot of kids play them, a lot of adults play them. A lot. In fact, right here on Rumble, there are thousands of channels of people playing video games, and they're not all kids, trust me. Well, you might want to be a little more careful when you're playing your Xbox. Take a look at this. We covered the fact that this might be happening on a previous show. Well, now it's happening. You play Call of Duty? That's one of the most popular games there is. They are using AI now in the software for Call of Duty to monitor what you say and to censor what they claim or consider to be toxic speech. Call of Duty, shooter video game published by Activision, started using AI to monitor what players say during online matches in order to flag and crack down on toxic speech more effectively. Online gaming looks poised to become the newest frontier of censorship. Recently said on its blog, Call of Duty is doubling down on its fight against hate speech and other types of toxic and disruptive behavior. They have a new voice chat moderation system, which uses something called ToxMod, AI-powered voice chat moderation. It's listening to everything you say. And if it hears keywords that are toxic or what the company considers to be toxic, eh, you'll get knocked off. <laughs> and how much do you pay for these games? Hmm. The answer would be a lot. All right, a couple more for you here before we get over onto our book, but this is a weird one talking about AI. That was a bad story about this AI crap. This might not be a bad story. I haven't made my mind up. I need to give this more of a think. An AI-generated song mimicking Drake and The Weeknd submitted for a Grammy. And an executive says it's absolutely eligible. This could, if it wins, I'm sure it's the first nominated song, 
Oh, it's been submitted, so it hasn't been accepted yet. But it is eligible. An AI-generated song, made to sound similar to real-life artist Drake in The Weeknd, has been considered for Grammy consideration. The song called Heart on My Sleeve started gaining traction earlier this year. It was created by an artist called Ghost Writer. Writer, not writer, writer. Though the vocals are computer-generated, the lyrics were written by the person behind the name, which makes the song a contender for the best rap song and song of the year. Now, Recording Academy CEO Harvey Mason Jr. said in an interview with the New York Times, the song is absolutely eligible because it was written by a human. We're not going to be giving a nomination or an award to an AI computer or someone who just prompted AI. That's the distinction we're trying to make. It's the human award highlighting excellence driven by human creativity, he said in an interview with Variety. Mm. Now, obviously there's some major dinky copyright crap going on here. But I'm going to just give you a small preview, and I will tell you that in our show notes is the link to the YouTube channel or video. And uh, let me make sure I don't have... Okay. I, I can't play much of this or I'm going to get a huge copyright thing, and I should because I, you know, you don't want to get knocked off here. But this is the AI song that has been submitted for a Grammy. <laughs> You may have already seen it. It's kind of a cool song. Ain't gonna be no fall. Ain't gonna be no fall. Please don't fall in love. 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 I, I, uh... Like I said, I, I can't do much more of that, otherwise I'm going to get sued. But that's the song. Very cool. Uh, what else we got? Mind Control Music is Real. I have, uh, have you ever had a song that plays when you wake up in your head? Uh, yeah, but I'm not sure that's Mind Control. I mean, that's just one of those, it's called a, a, an ear, ear bug, I think, or something like that, where you just get the song stuck in your head. Uh, it's got a hook in it, and it just kind of sticks in there, and you can't get it out. Um, Mm, yeah, it might be a little tinfoily to uh, to be yeah, mind control, but although, you know, Operation Mockingbird and all that other crap, it would be the last thing I'd be surprised by if somebody showed me proof that it was true. I would go, yep, I can believe that's happening. All right. I'm going to play this lady for you. And I want you to listen very closely to what she said. Listen, you've got to pay attention. But as you do, if you're older than 40, maybe even 30, you will understand exactly how stupid this woman is. Give a listen. I nanny a 6, 9, and 12-year-old, and yesterday... I had to take the six-year-old to a birthday party and be back in time to get the nine-year-old to gymnastics, but traffic was crazy and I was running late. Um, so the six, 
the nine-year-old has an iPad, so I tried to call her on it. She didn't have it with her. So the 12-year-old just got his own phone, so I called him, and I was like, go tell your sister, and of course he was annoyed. Anyway, I go back to the house, and Mira, the nine-year-old, is like, they need to come up with, like, like a phone that's for the whole family that stays in the house. So if you need any person in the house, you can call that phone. Like, it's not one person's number. It's just the whole family. I was like, that is an amazing idea. But, okay, hear, hear me out. So you know how we're always, like, losing the remote and stuff? For this phone, let's attach it to a cord, maybe like stick it on the wall so that if there's an emergency, we can always find it. Um, it can't leave the house. Um, and it's it's for the whole family. So we're not... Okay, 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 stop. <laughs> what a brilliant idea. Let's have one phone that's attached to the wall. That can't you can't take and it's for the whole family. Who wants to tell her, by the way? Hmm? Who wants to tell her? <laughs> Honestly, I I didn't think that was all that funny, but now that I see it again, I watched it earlier today, but now that I actually see it, see it, it's like that's funny. <laughs> all right, <laughs> I got. I can't get over that. It's so stupid. And she seems 100% sincere. 100% sincere. Oh, man. All right, one more. We're going to get on to our book. You know what a water spout is? I've seen a ton of them because I used to live on an island, uh, Key West in Florida. <clears throat> and they happen there all the time. A water spout basically is a tornado, a twister, that happens over the water. It's the same exact thing. It is a tornado, only when it's on water instead of on land, it's called a water spout. Couple of cool things about water spouts. They can be small or they can be really massive. But when they hit land, usually they break up. But sometimes, not always, but sometimes they stay together. So it becomes from a water spout, it becomes a tornado and pushes across the land. The other cool thing about water spouts, and I have actually seen this, I've seen it in person. When the water spout is whirling around on the water, it's sucking everything from the water up into it, including fish. You know where this is going. When the water spout comes over the land and hits the shore, and it usually just falls apart, everything in that tunnel, gravity takes over. Free fish. I'm not kidding. I have seen it happen. It's the weirdest thing. Well, take a look at this. A water spout on the Karma River in the Perm region of Russia. There's just some reactive sort of uh, sound with this, so I'm not going to play it for you. But watch this. Look at that. There it is on the water. You see? And then look at how big. Look at that. That is insane. I think this might beat my Hot Wheels truck from last night. See? Same thing as a tornado. Circular winds whipping around. And then all the way up. Boom. Till it, wow. 
I mean, it's actually beautiful. That's actually absolutely beautiful. Fantastic. Wow. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, I missed somebody. Sorry about that. Uh, let's see. Who do we got here? <laughs> I can't say your name, Anil Rag Shital. Uh, everybody is illegal in India. Really? I, I didn't know that. I tried paying tax and they said, suspicious. Straight to the guillotine. Eh, okay. <laughs> Good luck with that. Oh, man. It's just been one of those days, hasn't it? But it's Friday, so who gives a crap? All right. Um, we're going to get on to our book. We do read books on this show. Uh, before I tell you about that, though, please do hit that follow button. It's right over here. Blink, blink. The green button says follow. Give it a hit. It's free for you. Helps the show out a ton. It really does. And it, it really, thank you so much for doing that. Appreciate it. All right. Our books have been mostly children's literature, classic stuff, Peter Pan, Those Are the Oz, Alice in Wonderland, things like that. <coughs> Excuse me. But then uh, one of our viewers asked, could we read 1984 from George Orwell? Absolutely, we could, and we did. And we loved it so much, we moved right on to Animal Farm. And so we are continuing on. We're all the way up to Chapter 8. Wow. So here we go. 1944 is when this was published. It's by George Orwell. It is Animal Farm, and this is Chapter 8. A few days later, when the terror caused by the executions had died down, some of the animals remembered, or thought they remembered, the Sixth Commandment decreed, No animal shall kill any other animal. And though no one cared to mention it in the, within the hearing of the pigs or the dogs, it was felt the killings which had taken place did not square with this. Clover asked Benjamin to read her the Sixth Commandment. And when Benjamin, as usual, said that he refused to meddle in such matters, she fetched Muriel. Muriel read the commandment for her. It ran, No animal shall kill any other animal without cause. Somehow or other, the last two words had slipped out of the animal's memories. But they saw now the commandment had not been violated, for clearly there was good reason for killing the traitors who leagued themselves with Snowball. Throughout the year, the animals worked even harder than they had worked in the previous year to rebuild the windmill with walls twice as thick as before, finish it by the appointed date, together with the regular work of the farm. It was a tremendous labor. There were times when it seemed to the animals they'd worked longer hours and fed no better than they'd done in Jones's days. On Sunday morning, Squealer, holding down a long strip of paper with his trotter, would read out to them lists of figures, provided that the production of every class of foodstuff had increased by 200% that year, 300%, or 500%, as the case may be. The animals saw no reason to disbelieve him, especially as they could no longer remember very clearly well, what conditions had been like before the rebellion. All the same, there were days when they felt like they would sooner have had less figures and more food. All orders were now issued through Squealer or one of the other pigs. 
Napoleon himself was not seen in public as often as once in a fortnight. When he did appear, he was attended not only by his retinue of dogs, but a black cockerel who marched in front of him and acted as a kind of trumpeter, letting out a loud cock-a-doodle-doo before Napoleon spoke. Even in the farmhouse, it was said, Napoleon inhabited separate apartments from the others. He took his meals alone with two dogs to wait upon him, and always ate from the Crown Derby dinner service, which had been in the glass cupboard in the drawing room. It was also announced that the gun would be fired every year on Napoleon's birthday, as well as on the other two anniversaries. <clears throat> Napoleon was now never spoken of simply as Napoleon. He was always referred to in a formal style as our leader, Comrade Napoleon, and this pigs liked to invent for him such titles as Father of All Animals, Terror of Mankind, Protector of the Sheepfold, Duckling's Friend, and the like. In his speeches, Squealer would talk with tears rolling down his cheeks of Napoleon's wisdom, the goodness of his heart, and the deep love he bore to all animals everywhere, even and especially the unhappy animals who still lived in ignorance and slavery on the other farms. It had become usual to give Napoleon the credit for every successful achievement and every stroke of good fortune. You'd often hear one hen remark to another, under the guidance of our leader, Comrade Napoleon, I have laid five eggs in six days. Or two cows enjoying a drink at the pool would exclaim, thanks to the leadership of Comrade Napoleon, how excellent this water tastes. The general feeling on the farm was well expressed in a poem entitled Comrade Napoleon, which was composed by Minimus and which ran as follows. Friend of fatherless, fountain of happiness, Lord of the swill bucket, oh, how my soul is on. Fire when I gaze at thy calm and commanding eye, like the sun in the sky, comrade Napoleon. Thou art the giver of all that thy creatures love. Full belly twice a day, clean straw to roll upon. Every beast, great or small, sleeps at peace in his stall. Thou watchest over all, comrade Napoleon. Had I a sucking pig, ere he had grown as big, even as a pint bottle or a rolling pin, he should have learned to be faithful and true to thee. Yes, his first squeak should be Comrade Napoleon. Napoleon approved of this poem, caused it to be inscribed on the wall of the big barn, at the opposite end from the Seven Commandments. It was surrounded by a portrait of Napoleon in profile, executed by Squealer in white paint. Meanwhile, through the agency of Wimper, Napoleon was engaged in complicated negotiations with Frederick and Pilkington. The 
pile of timber was still unsold. Of the two, Frederick was the more anxious to get a hold of it, but he would not offer a reasonable price. At the same time, there were renewed rumors that Frederick and his men were plotting to attack Animal Farm, to destroy the windmill, the building of which had aroused furious jealousy in town. Snowball was known to be still sulking on Pinchfield Farm. In the middle of the summer, the animals were alarmed to hear that three hens had come forward and confessed that, inspired by Snowball, they'd entered into a plot to murder Napoleon. They were executed immediately, and fresh precautions for Napoleon's safety were taken. Four dogs guarded his bed at night, one at each corner, and a young pig named Pinkeye was given the task of tasting all his food before he ate it, lest it should be poisoned. And that's where we will uh, cut it off for tonight. We'll pick it back up on Monday's show and uh, continue on with Chapter 8 for George Orwell's Animal Farm. We had a great week, and I have you to thank for that. Thank you so much for popping by and enjoying the show. Share it out. Let folks know. Let uh, whoever it is, you, you, uh, you've got social media accounts. You can share it out. The link is there. And uh, we really appreciate getting the word out there. It helps us out a lot. And, of course, the follow button is right there. Give that a click. And uh, our follows are going up and up and up, and it helps the show out a lot, and it's free for you. Check out the deals from our great sponsors. Uh, Hal9000, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Don't forget to hit the like button, you sinners. <laughs> yes. it's uh, They don't call it a like button. It's called the follow button. Uh, but there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, you want to send me some money? I just realized there's a subscribe button at the bottom. I don't know what happens when you push it. I don't want to push it because I'll lose the chat. But I think you can send money. I'll figure it out later. Don't, you don't have to do that. It's okay. Really appreciate it. If you want to, go ahead. But no. All right. That's it. Enjoy the rest of your uh, Friday and have a great weekend. Huh? Spend it with somebody you care about. I will see you all again on Monday.